Hey everybody, welcome to Behind the Movement. I'm Kyle Fincham. My guest today is Virgil Spear. I'm excited to share this conversation with you. I'm going to get to it momentarily. Um, I have a few announcements. First, if you're in New York, anywhere near New York, coming through New York, um, I'm here until the end of March, uh, hosting Saturday Infinite Play Jams. Um, they're two hours. They're from 10 to 12. It's a cold winter in New York, and we're not letting that stop us. Um, it's been a blast so far. I'm looking forward to all the ones that we're doing in the future. So I would love to see some new and familiar faces come on through. Um, if you'd like to participate, you can just go to my website and you can sign up. Um, it's just kylefincham.com and go to the Infinite Play page. Uh, also, while you're there, you will see that I've got a couple dates up for um, Infinite Play workshops in Europe in the summer. And the first one that's up there is in Salzburg, that's in June. The following one is in London, and that's in July. Um, can't wait to get back out there and uh, and present these events. Um, there are potentially many more on the horizon, so I will be adding to that calendar in the uh, coming days and weeks. Um, yeah, lots of spring and summer events. It's going to be amazing. Really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, those are my announcements for now. Um, Let's get to the podcast. I had an opportunity recently to speak with Virgil Spear. Um, a mutual friend of ours connected us, said that we might have a lot to talk about, and uh, and we did. Um, and it was really amazing. Uh, also feel like I made a new friend, which is always an amazing feeling as well. Um, let me give you a little bit of Virgil's background if you're not familiar. Virgil is a former elite and Olympic athlete from the Netherlands with over 30 years in track and field. After various international bouts as a decathlete, hurdler, and sprinter, he kept running into the same problem over and over again. Even though he should have been extremely fit and ready for everything, he wasn't. He could lift heavy weights, sprint fast, jump high, and have all types of high-level abilities, and yet he could not slowly walk for an hour, watch a movie in the theater, or simply rest in a deep squat without pain. How was it that he could do all the high-intensity stuff but not the normal human stuff? It was because of this question he started to obsessively seek out the knowledge of several world-renowned trainers, therapists, and coaches to learn from them personally. In this search... He first came into contact with what he now knows as the movement approach, and it gave him so many insights that he decided to devote his life to it. Now, he is attempting to truly define movement. It was a, a, a real pleasure to connect with Virgil, and uh, I think if the stars align, we'll be meeting in person in Europe sometime soon. Um, and if you're anywhere in or near uh, Amsterdam, highly recommend 
connecting, connecting with him. So that's it. Let's not waste any time. This is my conversation with Virgil Spear. What, what, what brought you to the United States? What, what, how did you end up doing so much traveling around here? Um, well, basically because I run fast mm -hmm. or I used to run really fast. Um, so, so I used, I used to be, uh, well, like, like somebody told my parents, like the, the, the teacher at the, at, at the, at lower school, he said like, uh, your son is really fast. You should try track and field. So I tried that and I was fast. Uh, but I don't know if you know how, how sprinting works, but basically is, is if you have, if you have it, mm -hmm. you can improve it by like 10 to 15%. But you already have to be fast if you want to like do it. So I just, I just, uh, I thank, I just uh, thank my parents, and I just got it. And because I was running really fast, I got like a nice little uh, network of of people. And then I started working for um, they 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 hired me on a freelance basis, Techno Gym. I don't know if you know this fitness brand. It's like a fitness brand, and they they had this machine that was a self-powered sprinting machine. So it was like it was building like an elliptical and you could like run on it uh, by by yourself yes now i know and, what you're talking about yeah and they asked me to to be the one to show people how fast you could go on it and to make them like uh, you know make it look good mm -hmm. uh, and that's how i got to uh, uh to la new york was just vacation with my parents like a long time ago and Orlando was because there was a, a really good coach uh, there, John Smith. Uh, he's like, he's probably in his 80s right now. But he was like 75, back, uh, 75 years old back then. And he was like known as one of the legendary coaches in sprinting. And we just, I just wanted to know if they did anything else there opposed to what they're doing in Europe. Because Europe is... But we had it's different the way we train. Mm -hmm. So I went there for a, a good month. Um, and, and Miami was also vacation. So that's that's how I got like to all those uh, those places. Uh, so mostly because I because because I like running mm -hmm. and then and then some vacation uh, sprinkled up in there. Uh, I guess I, I this leads me to two questions. The first one is yeah um how far did you get with your competitive running career or how far did yeah. it take you um and i forget the other question now so yeah i'm curious i'm curious about that so um uh, individually i got as far uh, as the quarterfinals for the europeans on the hurdles and the sprint uh and with the dutch relay team uh, we got as far to the Olympics of 2008. Really? Yeah. So I was at that one. Um, yeah, and that's the furthest I, I got, actually. So I went to... I, I saw all the all the world records of Usain Bolt live. So that's really? One of, one of the things that I really, that's cool. really... That's, that's the one that I think that's... That's one of the things that I like most that I that you got to suit out those stuff live, because I, I don't know, like weirdly enough, like when you're in it, it doesn't seem 
that special because everyone's in it. Everyone, you know, my best friends were in it. Uh, like my, my, my five best friends are all Olympians. And it's just what we, everybody runs fast or does hurdles fast. And it's just what you do. Yeah. So, so it was like, um, it wasn't special when I was in, in, in it. It was only special afterwards when I started looking back like, oh, I went to a lot of places and I did a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, I would say that the Europeans was the furthest I got, uh, like on, on like a skill level. So quarterfinals in the sprint and quarterfinals in the, in the hurdles. Um, but I think to may, maybe like interpret your question differently, uh, that the, 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 the training camp, the, the, the process to go to that place was what brought me the furthest. Because that's that's probably what also brought me here right now. Mm-hmm. Somehow. In, in in a way. Yeah. Wow. What a, I mean, that's so fascinating. And, 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 and as you said, kind of being there to watch Usain Bolt break those records, it's like, because yeah, I also have to imagine, like at that point, as you said, like all of your friends are Olympians, so you're all, like the the spaces between all of you. I mean, are, are so small. Uh, yeah, so I was talking see, about this. So, so, so then to see like there's just one person who's like, like this almost not a leap, but like such a you know, yeah, like this yeah, yeah. this whole another level. I mean, I remember, you know, like I did stand up comedy for ten years. Yeah, and I and I remember you're surrounded by comedians. And then every once in a while, it's like, whatever, like someone in like the, the, the level of like a Chappelle walks in to like drop yeah. your set or something. You're like, well, that's like, yeah, it's a whole nother thing that's going on. Yeah. So, so I, I really had that part, mm-hmm. but then uh, I was talking, uh, I actually was talking about this like, like yesterday. So my 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 personal best in in uh, in, in long jump. I can only do it in meters. Uh, my feet uh, uh, my feet is I don't know how to say it in feet, but it was seven meters and thirty meters. And the world record is eight meters and ninety uh, ninety centimeters. But then I started thinking like, that's this. Like I'm this far away from the world record. Only here, everybody knows you, and here no one has ever heard of you. Right. And then in the sprint, it's like similar because. If you think about it, like Usain Bolt ran nine point six uh, eight five eight, it's, it's it doesn't make sense. Like I, like I know what's what my fastest felt like, and I don't even I can't even imagine what that was like. But then again, like over hundred meters, you're like seven meters behind him, and then it starts like thinking like, yeah, I'm training my, I'm doing like twenty years of training. To got and I got like three meters closer to Usain Bolt. That's like twenty years of training. Just just three meters, like uh, ten feet, ten feet to 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 gain. But you, it, it takes you such a long time to do that. And then now, when I look back to it, like I I kind I wouldn't change it for the world, but it's kind of it's kind of weird to think that I spent so much time and only got like three meters out. You know, like 20 years, six days a week, grinding, uh, like going on training camp, 
uh, every money that you had, you're spending on, on gear and, 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 and getting uh, to places and, and, and paying your coaches and whatever. And then it takes so much time to get just a wee bit better, like in percentages. It's not that big of a big of a gap. And then when you go into like the, the movement, like idea, the movement practice uh, of things, and you learn a new skill, it's like you get the first 70% for, for real, for, for like, for like you get it for, for free. Mm-hmm. And then you do a new skill and then you get another 70% for free. Then you do a new skill and you get another 70% for, for free. And then you start thinking like, oh, in the 20 years, I could have done like 800 different skills instead of like getting so good at one. I could have had like 800 skills where I'm like good enough. And that, that, that's always like the thing that I found really interesting as a contrast. Because I think you need both somehow. I'm not sure you need like 20 years in, in sprinting, like, like only like running from A to B in a straight line and nobody's harassing you. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's, that's the, the, the way to go. But I do think like there's some in- interesting stuff to go like far into one specific thing that you really like but then to find out afterwards that you can also can go wide and just like and find out all the other things that you like that's i think that's what i found really 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 fascinating mm-hmm. sense. i'm i'm curious somehow like you, you keep saying things and it keeps like planting two questions in my head every time <laughs> but now right. i actually remember both questions yeah all right and they might be related and they might not. And you can just choose which one um, yeah. or get to both at some point. The first was yeah. you said something about how there was a distinct difference be- or there was a noticeable difference between kind of like the way you were training there in Europe and then to come over to go train with some of the people in Florida to yeah. see how they were training and that there was, there was a difference and that mattered in kind of exploring it. So I'm curious about that. But then I'm also curious um, that you said it was the training camp that that process is what would have, mm-hmm you can almost say is what led you to us being able to be here chatting in this way today. So I'm curious about both. They're, they're potentially intertwined. They're potentially not, but uh, I'd love to hear, hear about this. Yeah. So the first one, I would say the biggest difference uh, in, in the, in the Europe, Europe, European way and the, the, um, the American way, American is a lot mindset. Mm-hmm. And a lot physical, like just the physical body that you have. So, um, um, like that coach, that uh, like he was so, so, so he, uh, he was so inspiring. Just the way he talked and the way he approached the training. So he had like a, a, a training. You had to run a two hundred meters. You jog over the field and you run another two hundred meters, and then you can take as long a break as you want. And you have to repeat that two more times. But if you uh, you had to run it in 25 seconds or faster, which is you you, you can do that, like uh, you can do, but then you run it, boom, jog over, you run another one in 25 or faster. If you run 25.1, you have to start over. And the interesting thing is that you sometimes you, you have to do it like 13 times. You only have to like have to do like six runs, but sometimes you have to do like 13 or 14 or 15 times. And then in the end, you make it. And then all he asks is like, why did it take you this long? And then you start thinking about it. And then it, it was all like these mind games 
of getting you ready for having like a, like a, like almost like a brick for a head that you, there nothing can face you like a stoic mindset and you've you've had all the pain that you can have and then in Europe it's very uh, it feels more scientifically driven so they really they measure everything everything is measured and um, way less talk about mindset of course you have mental coaching here as well it's just the the yeah the ratio of it it's like different so that it's more like it feels more scientific in a in a sense and i'm not i'm not sure if it's better or not it's just different mm-hmm. so what i learned a lot in, in america was this how you can gear training towards uh like a couple of competitions where you have to be stellar, where you have to be excellent, where you can make no mistakes and how you can shape your mind to get there. And, um, and running wise, they had a way of running. Running was just what you did every day, even though the science says that's not possible, but the people who could, uh, who could run every day without breaking down, Mm -hmm those will be the fast persons. That being said, those people who break down, if they would have been in, let's say, uh, the UK, they could have been a stellar sprinter who would reach the finals. Because they have lo- they're that, like more of a s- one way of doing it. I'm saying it a bit uh, black and white, but like they have like a, a certain way of doing it, and they have way more people who can who fit that bill. So what they do is like if you have uh, a thousand people, you make one trainings program, a thousand people enter, uh, nine hundred and ninety fall off. The ten that you re- that remain will become uh, finalists in uh, in some form or matter. Gotcha. In the Netherlands here we have five people and all of them we, we cannot do the same thing because then um, the, the chance that that one of them will react really good to the program is zero well it's not zero it's like 10 percent so what you see here is that the five people are very uh, are, are training differently uh because we we don't have as much choice as we have so uh, the fun thing is we have beaten the dutch relay uh, the american relay team even though they are way faster, but because we could train so much because there was only five of us, we could train the, the way we, 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 we switched the baton. We could save like half a second or a second. So even though they were like a second, uh, they were half a second faster than us because we did this exchanges so well, we could actually like gain back distance. And it was really simple. Like, uh, in America, they give the baton like this because they can't train because every year there's a, there's a new batch of sprinters. Mm-hmm. And we just extended the arm. Mm-hmm. And if both people extend the arm, I get like an extra tenth of a second here and then he gets a tenth of a second there. Mm-hmm. And if you, uh, if you do the baton uh, switch like very late in the... It's a bit technical, but if you do it late, everybody's more at speed, so... In the end, in the end, you just you just gain like a second, so you can actually beat, um, you can beat a faster team even though you're slower. But that's all the things that only happened because we were a small, 
a small country, like I think uh, New York is like 10, 10 million people. Something like that, 10 or 12, yeah. 8, 10, yeah. 12, I don't know anymore. Yeah, it's, it's big. And then and the Netherlands is 17 million people. So it's just like, it's like New York is fighting the rest of the USA. So you just have less choice. So you have to have different ways of handling. So here you just see more individually and more scientific and less mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in America, it was more like mindset driven. And why the training camp and the process to get there was very interesting because, um, well, in a sense, I am not an elite athlete. I didn't, I, I never had an Olympic dream. I never thought about going to the Europeans or the World Championship. I never thought about uh, going to the Worlds. I never th- thought about the Dutch relay team. It was just like I was doing the the, the thing and I liked it. So I was trying to like, I was tinkering like uh, to, to find out how to get better. Uh, I actually had like coaches telling me the same stuff. So, so like, you're thinking too much. You're doing the coach's job. Uh, but I was try- just trying to figure out how stuff works. And while I was doing it, I was also trying it out on myself. Mm. And because I was like, um, I was like trying it out. I found out, I found out stuff that really would help. And I, and I also got like a question, like, how come that some stuff, some stuff just didn't make sense. Because when you, when you, when you train, uh, like training is your, is basically your life and you, um, you get better and you excel and you start lifting heavy weights and you jump really far and you're sprinting really fast, but you can't walk for an hour without getting pain it just it's weird it doesn't make sense it didn't make sense to me like i'm supposed to be the fittest person in uh in netherlands or one of them yet uh there's like a a 80 year old person who can outwalk me (laughs) because he doesn't have pain when he is walking for an hour i was sitting in the movie theater and you know because because the chairs are quite close uh and just my knee started hurting, like just sitting in that position. I was like, how is this, this possible? So I was, I, I, I was doing the, the training part. Um, and as I got better, my, my, my human capabilities, like just to be human, got worse. Mm-hmm. But my, my, my specialty became, at first it became way better. And then it started to get worse as well. And I, and I started like adding more of this. And even though I was adding more, it, it keep getting worse. And it was the, about that time that I uh, was near, I was nearing like the end of my, uh, like my career in, uh, as, uh, as an athlete. And I saw, uh, I saw a video of, uh, of Ido Portal and he, in the, and it was somehow, I don't know what it was. He said some stuff in, in there and it just started, my mind started exploding like, wait a minute. Like I've been training this long and I've never actually taken mobility or uh, seriously, which is really weird. Cause you think like, this is a sport where your body is the only thing you have. You would think that you would know everything there is to do, but like, 
mobility was not a big thing in track and field, even though you need it a lot. Like uh, I did hurdles for six years and the hurdles are like quite high. So you need to be very flexible to get over them really fast. But we didn't work it. Yeah, we did some stretches, but there was no rhyme or reason behind it. And then I started thinking, I did uh, weight training, of course. But in the end, I did like six exercises and I did that for 15 years. Mm. But I never, like I did the, the last, eight of those I didn't progress at all in sprints in the weights so I just uh, I was actually like doing the same thing and expecting something new to happen but the, like the way I was training it was like uh, it was the end of it and then when I saw that I went to a workshop of Ido, of Ido Portal and he, and, he, and he mentioned the name he was like yeah there's this guy jo Joseph Fuchek uh, from Fighting Monkey, very interesting, and Charles Polikin, very interesting. And he named some other guys. It's like, and I was like writing it down. It's like, what is this? I need to check it out. And then I found out that Joseph was actually coming to Belgium one time. It was like in a really, it was really back in the day, like, like an obscure place. And they started talking. I was like, wait, this is like, I got so many ideas, and I started testing them out in the. Uh, in my last years and I started feeling, actually feeling better. I didn't get faster. Like I, I, I ended up as slow as I, as I was, but I did feel way better. And this is, and there I just kind of taken the, the, the I'm not gonna say work ethic of my, because my work ethic is, is, is quite horrendous, but my, my, uh, my interest in, in movement is very high. That's why I can keep doing it because I just, it's just interest. It's interesting. It didn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. And it just, my training camp and my, my work, my work that I put in track and food, like very, very fast blended into like, I want to go this way. I want to go like, uh, I want to broaden my horizon and just find out how everything works. And then when I started doing that and teaching other people, because uh, I do, I still train a lot of like uh, elite athletes to get faster or to do an ultra uh, marathon of 270 kilometers or walk up a mountain or whatever. And I started to see that there were so many things that I didn't touch when I was I was too focused on one thing, the the sprinting. That I could have used back then. So like, like now I know I know I could have been way faster or less injured or having a better time if I only knew the broadness of like what movement can 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 bring you. So that's that, that's how I think um, how how I think like the, the training process brought me here because the training process I I, I did something. I'm not going to say it wrong because I needed needed it to to find it out, mm -hmm. but I did something for so long that I need I, I needed a, a spark to re to reignite like my ideas. That kind of changed. Yeah, it kind of changed my interest into wanting to know everything there is to know uh, in the most broadest sense of the word of movement. Well, it's like you when I hear it, it's like um, it's like you grew to be hyper specialized but you were 
equally curious, which had your eyes like nice and wide when like you started feeling things that weren't ideal. Right. Because sometimes it's like, maybe you can get so hyper-specialized that you're, you don't even worry about the curiosity. You're like, Oh, I'll let the coach be curious for me. Yeah. Right. And it's like, if you stay curious, you're like, well, I'm, I want to know what's going on. And that's like what I hear when it's like led you into this other place. Yeah, and that's why I think I'm not I'm not really a, a elite athlete because I wasn't result driven. Mm-hmm. Of course, I like winning. It's just everybody I think uh, like winning is, is is a is a good feeling. But like when I lost, I was like, I wonder what I could do differently. And then I started like uh, making like plans to think like think it out. So I'm like, I, I think the 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 the, the process. Uh, is what I is what I like and the, the tinkering and the finding out what works and what doesn't work yeah and, and and yeah so I think what you said is correct like the I was hyper specialized but also very curious and I saw some stuff that just doesn't make sense yeah even though everyone is doing it because that's the weird part because now when I'm working with uh, other athletes you can see they, they say stuff like, like, oh, I didn't know this would work for me. And because uh, they just didn't see it yet. Yeah. Which is like that. And I think like that, that's that used to be me 10 years ago. Like I didn't even know there was another thing that could help me. Well, it's, it's interesting, though, when you look at like and I know even in like the movement level, it, it, it's not ideal to like start comparing and contrasting to people at like these like uber elite levels of like athleticism. Mm. But there are so many stories of like the elitist of the elite not doing this status quo specialization style training. Like my favorite person to talk about is Bo Jackson. Do you, do you, do you ever know Bo Jackson? He was a, a, an American athlete. He played professional football and yeah. professional baseball. And he was an all-star in both. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he would finish one season and go right into the other his his career was cut super short because of like kind of a freak injury yeah. um, but he was like a running back in football and he was a home run hitter in baseball and i there's a espn does this great series called 30 for 30 yeah and they did a story on him and he was like bigger than michael jordan i think at the time you know like he yeah. he had the nike everything they built a whole campaign around him and what you learn though, as I tell his story, like he didn't do like any of this stuff. Like yeah. the man, like when he was a kid, he was like out trying to learn how to do like a backflip standing in water. He was like yeah. skipping stones and jumping over cars. And then when he got to these higher levels, I mean, obviously he was also like skilled already kind of beyond where other people were at, but he had started in this more generalist way of just playing. Yeah. Right? so good that i mean you'll understand this in track and field he did is it the decathlon yeah and yeah. he i guess he set a state record and skipped one of the events right so this is the level and when he got to like the professional level he would show up for practice and, he, and everybody else would be running and he would tell the coaches like i'm not i'm not doing that and they're yeah. like why he's like because you need me to run on sunday so like, it's better that I, I don't do this right now, mm. you know? And he wouldn't go to the weight room. He would go out and like go hunting and he'd be like dragging elk back home yeah, and making his own arrows. I mean, all this, 
you know, but it's, a, it's, it just speaks to just like, even if it was like an innate understanding of like the complexity of like all the things that this person could be doing, that it drew his interest in a lot of different directions mm-hmm. that yeah. obviously like fed all the other things. And again, compounded by like a whole nother level of, of everything else happening. But yeah. there are these stories and it's just like, we, we, it's almost like people still get kind of get caught into the, like, it's these specialist kind of systems that we're supposed to lead in directions. Yeah. Cause, cause I think the thing is it works. Like when you, if you want to get better at running, you need to run. That's, we, we know this, you have to run. If you don't run, you don't get better at it. But then all that adjacent stuff, you don't know. Like if you, if you don't know it, you don't do it. But then there's some adjacent, adjacent stuff where you don't even know it might have an effect on whatever it is that you, that, that you, that you want to do. And the, the, I think one of the things that you uh, said uh, earlier, like the playful aspect of it, like he was playing around, just basically just just having fun. Yeah, the tinkering, as you were saying. Yeah, yeah. The, tink- the tinkering and, and just playing around. I think that's 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 something that that is like like most athletes I know, they don't have that part in as, as, as a thing in their, in their practice. Even though I think that will make the longevity of the practice way better. So, and the, the, so, so in a sense, I think you need, of course, if you want to be a stellar sprinter, you need to sprint almost too much, but not too much. And then if you see that 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 you you're not progressing anymore, uh, which 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 for me was, I think from two thousand three to two thousand ten, there was no progression for me. Like I was I was I was sprinting around the same times, but I was always also training the same things. And of course I was trying to like uh, find different places to to do something only. I could only see the, the the weight room and the and the track, and I think if if I think it around there a lot more, I think a would be way more fun. Even though I had a lot of fun, because the fun thing is usually the, the feeling you have, the camaraderie of like dying together on the on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the training itself could be way more fun. I think the 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 amount of injuries of overuse overuse injuries because you're doing too specific work would be would be way less and i do think this is something that's that's yet to be uh decided on like i do also think that you could get an athlete to be to be better at at a human level at a at a at an athletic a broad athletic level but also in a specialist level just Specialist is just a bit more more tricky because usually when you gain something, something else goes away. Mm-hmm. This makes me think. Um, I've I've mentioned this on here before, but it's totally worth bringing up just because like youth youth sport specialization is like a huge thing. I think probably worldwide, yeah. and in, it's it seems to be getting targeting younger and younger and younger children. Mm-hmm. And there's major. I mean, there's stories of like you know, full reconstructive knee surgeries on like nine-year-olds. Um, yeah. And I, 
again, I've mentioned this on here before, always worth mentioning. You can probably watch it on, on YouTube, but there's a show in on HBO called real sports with yeah. Ryan Gumble, And they always like, they don't talk about like the news of the week. They do more stories kind of like, you know, like what we're talking about. They would, yeah. they might even like call someone like you and be like, Oh, like your story from being a, this competitive sprinter to like teaching yeah. movement, you know? Um, and they've done a number of stories on youth sports specialization and they started talking about Norway, I think Norway, mm -hmm. and how they, in like the Winter Olympics, however many years back, they won more gold medals than any other country, if I remember this right. So they were like, well, what is this country doing? I mean, it's small compared to these other places. In terms Every of country. People. Yeah. So they get there and they find out that they actually did away with competitive youth sports before age 13, I think. And if kids want to play a sport, we'll say soccer, A, I think it's like free and they show up and there's no teams, there's no scorekeeping. They yeah. just go, they just hand them balls and let them kick them around. And the same thing goes for every sport. It's just kind of like that. They show up and they ski, yeah. there's no timers, there's no racing. We're just going to go ski around together. Oh, we're going to run. Well, there's no timing. We're all just going to go out and run around. And yeah. at age 13, you know, before people have ever been burnt out at a young age or before there's been injuries, you know, they've been given yeah. all this like amount of time to, as you said, tinker and play and investigate and yeah. not be judged and not go through the winning and losing. They hit age 13 and they look at someone, they're like, hey, you know, you, you could be a really great volleyball player, whatever it is. Like, do you mm -hmm. want to explore that? And only then do they start kind of zeroing in. I'm not into everything being competitive, but I see what they're saying that like this, this, this idea of like become a generalist let them yeah. you know that's where the creativity and they become adaptable and they're you know problem solving creating their own little games for how to play a game all those yeah. things are happening yeah. I, I think for me like because i i started out as vicati mm -hmm. and what's very interesting to me is that straight after switching from decathlon to more and just one um just one event which was uh, the hurdles, uh, well, let's do uh, the hurdles and the sprint. That's th those two years after my 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 training as a decathlete, which is very broad. Like you do ten events, and then suddenly you go to like only two. That were my best years, mm -hmm. and this is something. And there's no scientific evidence of what I'm about to say or anything. But the interesting uh, thing you see often is that people coming from the decathlon and then going to a specialized event, those years afterwards are their best years. So I'm starting to think like, maybe there is something in that, that breath of, 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 of experience where you do long jump and 400 meters and hurdles and you do, uh, you do uh, pole vault and you do uh, shot put and, and you do the 1500 meters. So you do like a whole, range of skills and I think there's something to it but it's very difficult to prove this because it's in a sense unmeasurable mm -hmm. you know like a, like as soon as you start doing too many different things it becomes very unmeasurable so what is what does high jump do for your sprint well we can have like a, a nice uh, nice hypothetical uh, talk about it but we don't actually know mm -hmm. But what does shot put do, shot put do for your 1500 meters? Most people say probably nothing. Yet when I do a strength training, which doesn't look like 1500 meters at all, 
people get faster. Well, we can have some ideas about uh, why it is, but I do think that the, the, the breadth of your work might be as important or maybe more important than the depth of your work in the end. Like, so, so even though uh, you can go batshit crazy going into sprints, I do think uh, a large proportion of your, of your, of your weekly training uh, of course, like 50% of it should be geared towards sprinting. But I think another, I don't know, 20% should be geared towards stuff that I don't know if they, if it will help me or not. Yeah. Gardening. Then, gardening. Yeah. Just anything that makes you, anything that makes you smile. Yeah. Like, I just, that, that, and that's, that's actually like a question that's, that's been captivating me for a long time because I do uh, like I do think this this movement approach, this movement perspective, it has something that 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 has not been. Uh, we haven't seen the end of this. Like uh, I don't think anybody has, has has an answer of what what it is. But everybody who enters it is like I like it. You know, it's just like it's weird. Like I like this stuff. I don't know what that game is that we just played, but it's a good game and I want to do more of it. And then if you do that enough, I, I think, I don't know. I, I want to take like three, four more years and then see if we can, if I can, uh, can find some people to, uh, to want to train to become really fast or something. And I'm just going to try a movement approach. Like all the ideas that I'm like, working with now and thinking about just to see does it actually pan out if you try it out this way from the, from the get-go, from the beginning. Mm. So you take somebody who's young and talented and you start playing around with a lot of like a really broad skill set. And then you, the, from there on, you start like tinkering and seeing like the word, but you always keep like the broad skill set instead of narrowing everything to that one thing. One of, one of my favorite um, one of my favorite parts of uh, the book Exuberant Animal with from yeah. Frank Frensage is when he talks about romance and precision. Yeah. I don't know if you've read the book, but um, it's so good. Yeah. And he he talks about you know romance is the big stuff. It's the play. It's the undefinable. You know, it's big. Yeah. And then the precision is obviously the narrow focused thing. Yeah. And you know analyzes and kind of criticizes you know we often begin with precision and we also yeah. hover very close to precision almost all the time and what he proposes is that we should really be starting with romance start big right yeah. and then let the romance lead to the precision which leads back out to romance which leads to precision so it's like the play leads yeah. to like narrowed investigation which goes back out to the the more open romantic layer and why um, not why yeah, not? I mean, and, and that's what, and, and that's what I was really describing with Bo Jackson, right? Yeah. Starts like yeah. very the romance, like as a kid, and would come in like the sport, then go back out to the romance. And you know, I heard similar stories with like the Wayne Gretzky's and like mm. Pele's and stuff. It was like a little more romance, right? It's like we just yeah. we, we need more romance. I think that's what it is, yeah. and I think that's you know what's what can be the gravitational pull to certain aspects of, of movement, although I would argue that there are areas of movement that are also becoming super precise. Um, well, yeah, 
yeah. is keeping yes. the romance and let the romance maybe be like the the place that helps direct us. I I I I I, I notice that trend in movement as well that some places are they like I've done like a gazillion workshop like every time I see a, a, a <laughs> like a, a like a movement like somebody I don't know like sure I'll try it out just I just want to see what what they what they tell you and the the difficult part is kind of to see that they call it movement but then it's actually just well, not just, but it's like gymnastics with a nice twist. Mm -hmm. And then you go to another movement and you'd be like, oh, okay, I get that this is movement, but isn't it actually just uh, we're dancing and we're doing a choreography or we're doing uh, acrobatics and it's like, uh, this is like a big, a big, I think, well, it's not a, I'm not going to call it a problem, but I think Everybody has an idea with what a movement approach is or what a movement perspective is, but nobody actually has like a definition of it. And when they do, usually when you look at it, it's 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 already geared towards a very well, not very. Usually, I see when I go to a practice, it's geared towards a, a, a narrow space. In which, when you, when people stay in that narrow space, you still see a lot of specialization. Uh, and I think that's that's that's. I, I think that would be like if I could get, get that by by the time I'm like I need to have like a, a working definition that kind of. Well, you know, like every every model you make is is wrong by definition, but some models are useful. Like to to get like a useful model of movement, that would be like that's that's something I really that, that's something I'm I'm actually I'm actually working on it right now. Just trying to think like how would how would one start out to have a definition of movement that is fluent and open and directive, like it gives you a, a sense of direction of the stuff that you haven't tried yet. But also not too narrow that you say like, oh, this this is movement and this is all it is. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Like it's, it's... I'll give you an example. Um, so so like I said, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit of a, 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 a let's say a movement slut. Like if I see movement, I'd be like, oh, let's go. And I have been close to everywhere somehow and yet I have I've yet to see a like movement practice that involves real running and agility like they do in in uh, in, in in soccer and in uh, and in American football or whatever and then I start thinking like why isn't running part of movement because it is like if you if you know how to run well and you know how to change direction well, and you know to decelerate and accelerate well that's a that's that's a that's a that's a big gain for almost everything you can do like even if it's just like oh i've got to catch my bus you're going to catch the bus and uh or or like um uh, in a sporting situation this is 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 very it's very uh very easy to see like if you if you can get to from point a to b faster 
you have more options than the person who's slower. So if, I, if I'm going to get to the ball first, I got the ball. Mm-hmm. Very, very. But I do think also, like running should be like a part of it. But then if you only do running, that's that's also doesn't do it justice. Because when uh, when you're doing uh, American football, while you're running, people are going to try to touch you in a really hard way. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they're going to try to tackle you. So now I have to be able to run and react to something. Okay, great. Now I have to run and react. But also when we when we are in contact, I need to know how to handle an other body. So we're going to start to go into wrestling a little bit. And wrestling is nice, but then also you could also do like salsa. And then now we're in contact, but we're like we're we're, we're grooving together. We're trying to enhance each other. We're trying to become like uh, like one thing. Okay. Great, but where does strength training and mobility training and what is floor work? Is floor work the same as climbing in a sense? Because you're like on your hands or knees and you're, these are like pillars, but if you're on the side of the wall or in the overhang, you're like, it's, it's like it's still a pillar, only now it's a, it's a, it's a hanging pillar. It's, it's, it's floor work the same as. So I, I, I was like, I was like start trying to think like, how can I like find like these broad patches of stuff that people, could do uh, to uh, get like a better sense of what it is that they are doing and what it is that they're not doing. And that's not, there's no real judgment there, but just that you know that there's other stuff that you can also try if you wanted to do, if you wanted to do it. Because okay. of course, yeah, uh, to, to, to be able to run fast, it, I think it's a, it's a really good skill to have, but it's not gonna be for everyone. Like if you're 90 years old, you're not going to be very interested in sprinting with a ball in your hand uh, while people try to attack you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think I, I think there there there's a lot to be gained in in talking about a definition of what movement potentially could be, or how we could get to like uh, useful models of what it what it could be. while not forgetting that it's not also, because it's not only the movement that's, uh, not only the movement that's important, but also the, the, the play, how do you feel? What are you learning? The school of life uh, stuff, because all of that is, it, it's all in there somehow, because it's not just about how well you move. It's also about what what happens when you, what happens when you're moving in this way? How do you feel about it? How does it change uh, and, and better your life or maybe worsen your life? I don't know. What are the, 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 the lessons that, that, you're, that you're being taught while you're doing this practice, whatever this practice is? So it's like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say it keeps me up at night, but it's, it's the, the thing I think about when I wake up. And mm-hmm. I, that's something that I would really like to dive into the next 10 to 20 years or something see 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 how we can uh, how we can manage yeah i think um you know sometimes it's almost like it's almost like a instagram drives the narrative you know like mm. you know Insta- mm. or instagram says what movement is you know and it's yeah. you know 
not, I think all of it's amazing. I think all the amazing moves and techniques are beautiful and incredible, but like, they're all just tools like that. That isn't movement, you know, mm. like that's part of movement or can be depending on like your circumstances and like kind of the river you you've rode down, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the narrative can easily be, be driven by by what is instagrammable you know yeah. what's gonna like get a lot of likes the um, problem of this but 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 it may not be always synonymous with the ability to like move through life playfully yeah you know and i think that yeah. that you know it's i always say it's not an or it's not like this or that it's an and you know yeah. but like the scales sometimes just like start to to tilt hard in one direction and it's like okay well like you know it's an important time to be like well why am i doing this like yeah. what do i care about like what do i want to see in the world what do i wish for people to have that i feel like is missing and yeah. you yeah. know because you know that can help kind of steer steer the ship and and also realize that like whatever we wish for may not be the thing that gets all the likes yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. That is that is. I, I, like I agree. I, I fully agree with everything you just said. Because like Instagram, you see the flashy stuff. And you're like, oh, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes you see something uh, small and you try it out. It's just, what is this? And then something interesting happens in your body. Like, what is this? And then you get like a good feeling. Why well, I have to pause for pause you for a second because you said something early in our conversation that made me think about what we're talking about right now. Yeah, you want to know what's not as Instagrammable is what you were talking about about your team passing off the baton. Yeah, right. That's not yeah. as Instagrammable, right? It's no. not, and and but what you described was like being creative, adaptable, and cooperative, right? Yeah, and like that is like this like magic place when you like when when that happens you know yes. doesn't get as many likes but like i don't know on the human scale that might matter you're like well we can run we're not as fast as that other team so like you know it, that's goliath over there yeah but like david was creative adaptable and cooperative yeah so like how did we do that and I, like that's what i think about it's like the the things that might matter big mm -hmm. picture that that means something to people and means something to communities and culture and the spaces that we move through might look a little bit more like your team passing the baton off and what that process looked like yeah. than, than being the fastest, if that makes sense. I, I, I think that's wonderful. That's a really nice thought. Yeah, I, I really like that. I, I, I've done uh, presentations about this part, mm -hmm. like so people can understand how we could beat like uh, uh, teams that are way faster than us. But I I really like this idea. Yeah, I, I really like this idea because because in a sense this is I think this is because it doesn't seem important if you have the four fastest people in the world. Yet, when you only have four people and they're not the fastest, you can still like do great. 
And of course, in, poten in, in potential, the four fastest people have way more potential because they have so much, they cannot. And then here you have to have like, uh, you have to cooperate. Like we were, we were like a really tight team because it was always the five of us. It was like, we have five people and then you had like some space and then you had the other talented people who were uh, usually not talented enough. And then we started having some success and then those came through as well. But I, I think in the end, like the, probably like 30 years from now, the thing that I will remember is the camaraderie and, and the, because yeah, some of my best friends were in my team, like up until this day, like people I know for over 20 years now. I think the cooperation and, 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 and tinkering and being playful with each other and that, that I really like this idea. I never thought about it this way. Oh, I mean, when you said it, I was like, this is it. This is the thing that matters. So it's almost like, you know, when I think, when I think about presenting movement, I'm thinking much more about your team and the passing of the baton than, yeah. than bigger, stronger, flat, faster, more flexible, um, all the, all the techniques. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, yeah. it's and, I'm, and I'm not anti-technique and I'm not anti-move. Sometimes I think that it, it almost comes across that way because I really believe in them and love them as well. But it's, again, it's not an, it's not an, or it's an and. Yeah. It's I like think it's the, I, because the, the scan is like this. Yeah. And you're it's, just, the, just... It's, it's technique and spirit. It's not spirit or technique. And, you know, I think about like, um, I was talking to somebody recently and, you know, sometimes you'll see there's like, you know, these savant children, you know, or like full symphonies that were, were, you know, all of these young kids have been practicing violin since they were mm -hmm. like two years old and they play technically perfect, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to listen to them play. Nobody, yep. right? We'd all rather listen to Nirvana play their three chords and like, you know, growl into the microphone because it's yeah. like, they've got their like, th their small number of techniques and then the spirit that like kind of fills it in and i'm like that's the passing the baton that's the thing yeah i i think it's also like one of the questions when i when i think about movement is um and, and mostly when you do like partnering games and you're you're doing stuff together because that that changes things a lot when when it's just not you doing the training, but you're doing it with partners. And uh, like, so one of the questions is like, how can you, you how can you use movement to find out who you are in, uh, who you are to yourself and who you are in relationship to others? Mm -hmm. And when you started thinking, uh, talking about that uh, baton passing, I think that's, that's the part that, that was missing before, um, like when when the relay was just about having four four really fast people, the fastest you can you can find. Because it was also like if somebody was faster, that didn't mean that they changed the team. Because it was working really well in, in this this. So it's like who, when you can find out when you can find out more about yourself and more about who you are to yourself and who you are and how you communicate with others, how you play with others. If, if you can do a practice that, that helps that part, uh, 
and maybe like I'm not gonna sure like every day like every day I, I switch but maybe that should be like the, the number one thing like like just finding out who you are and what you like and what you're doing and yeah getting a better sense better sense of um, a better sense of yeah yeah just yeah I think just a better sense of who you are as a person it's I, I think that's I think this is something that I'm probably gonna have to think about a lot this weekend. Well, I think I think about um, as you say that you know, like you know, we we kind of like develop an identity not on our own, but by how we're perceived by other people. Like our identity yeah. is like how our response to like how other people kind of receive us and treat us. You mm -hmm. know, um, you know, so it's almost as if like, it, you know, maybe if there, if we were never surrounded by people ever, 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 it's like, we may not have an identity. We would, because there would yeah. be nothing mirroring to express what we look like, how we come across any of the things. And in what you're kind of explaining here, it's like, even in a game, it's like, if you're talking about learning about yourself, well, it's in relation to someone else, right? So in this yeah. game, it's like you have to let the other person speak to who you are and then you speak to who they are so that they learn something. Mm. Right. And I think that oftentimes, and I think this is probably just a product of like how culture is and parts of maybe the Western world is like people play games very selfishly. Right. Mm. Like often people will partner up to play a game and they're playing for themselves. Right. Yeah. I'm playing this game so that I can get better. Whereas, and again, your baton thing is just so beautiful because it's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, what happens if you play this game with the intention of helping the other person learn? Exactly. Your sole purpose of approaching this game and you're both playing the same game. Yeah. What does the game look like if you are like, I'm going to help this person learn and I'm going to trust that they're, that they're seeing me. They're really yeah. seeing me and they're really listening to me and they're really feeling me and they are playing with the intention of helping me learn. I don't need to yeah. worry about me because they're going to, because they're seeing me. Right. And they're, and they're, and they're going to take care of that. You know, this is, a, this is a magical thing. And it's a very, it's a very distinct difference in approaching any sort of like partner play scenario, right. Between like playing yeah. for yourself and playing for the other person. And I, and I also think that it makes you want to play with that person again. Mm -hmm. Instead of like when, when both are playing very selfishly, mm -hmm. like probably the feeling might not be as, as well as it is. And then if, if you're like, if I'm playing for you and you're playing for me and we, we both go away with feeling like really good about that, that interaction that we just have. So now we start to communicate in a different way, even though it might be a competitive game or it could be a cooperative game. It doesn't really matter. If we're there, like, uh, like trying to, to, to gear the other person up and you're trying to gear me up, I think you will go away thinking like, oh, I can't wait to play that with that person again. And, what the, and, and I think that as an interaction is actually what you want to have as interactions, or I think you would want to have that in life, like if people talk to you that they like, oh, that was a really nice person to talk to. I would like, I would love to talk to that person again. I think if you can get that done, 
your life is easily better. Like if yeah. everybody just enjoys talking to you. Well, and 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 the pl- the person who talks selfishly, for instance, yeah, doesn't create space for the other person, and then <sighs> they also are the type of person who shows up and they have their five best stories they've ever told in their life and without really listening to the the situation yeah or force their stories into the conversation and then as you said the person who's across from them is like i don't ever want to talk to this person again yeah you know but and you know if we are chatting and it's like it's unfolding really nicely and it's like oh if there's a fit where my story one of my best stories ever belongs i tell it but if it but if it doesn't fit it doesn't fit because what yeah. matter what matters more is that like we keep the conversation going. Yeah. It's not it's not about me saying all the things that I think need to be said. It's like, oh, there's it's it's a collaborative effort. Yeah. Yeah, you want in the end you want to if you but also if you like really listen and you uh, like now the, the game like uh, the game that you could be playing here is to, I want to listen to you attentively because I think you know something that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you think the same thing, then everybody's listening to each other. And then even though we, like, let's say we don't uh, agree about something, but if you really listen, you can be like, oh, maybe he has a point there. Instead of, this is actually something that we, we speak about in our courses a lot, like the, like, Either you go like you have a zero sum discussion, where it's like either I'm right or you're right, and there's nothing in between. Like so, we have, we're always fighting. And the other side is like, oh, we're both we're both, we're both trying to find the truth, or uh, uh, or actually trying to listen to see if there's something in there for for me to to that, that can, can actually make my life uh, better or more interesting or just uh, some fact that I didn't know. Like there's, I always believe like somebody always knows something that you don't know yet. And you should also, you should try to listen to a person like he's telling you something that you don't know yet, or he might potentially tell you something that you don't know yet. And I think that's also the same way that you, that, that I like to, um, look at, at playing with another person i want to um like if i if i'm gonna do some wrestling and i'm going to wrestle with uh with a, a, a 50 kilo uh small girl i'm like 90 kilos I, I i i should win everything but you can also play in such a way that you can allow her to learn something and actually allow her to teach me something as well so how how can i how can i move without without using my force or my my weight or something and i think that's that that in the end is something that's very it's easily forgotten if if it's not the 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 vibe of the practice Mm -hmm. and i think like the vibe of the practice is usually also sometimes it just needs to be stated in this this type of way like we're 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 playing don't go from zero to a hundred uh see if you're if you if you're obviously better see if you can put yourself at a disadvantage so everybody's having fun and yeah i don't know i often think um when we were in europe there's this there are these great experiences and you know like a 
like a good American, we like travel the world and don't speak any other languages other than our own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I'm going to learn my lesson here in this trip. Hopefully, you know, have some, some, some other tools in my pocket language wise, but there's this amazing thing that I, I witnessed. And this is what I wish for when I watch people play. Yeah. And you've probably had this experience where you travel somewhere and you're with somebody or you meet somebody and you, neither of you speak each other's language, but you really want to talk to each other. Yeah. And there's this, like the eyes get wide and both people kind of lean in and there's these gestures and there's helping one another. And there's like, you're holding yeah. up things. You're like, is it, is it, is it, is it like this? No. Oh, like, like, like this thing. Oh. And then you like make a discovery and you're like, Oh, okay. All right. So it's yeah. that. And like you work with each other and you're like making sounds and noises and you're just like, helping each other through it to like communicate whatever you can. Yeah. And it's like, and then you're helping them. You're like, oh, are you saying, uh, it's like yeah. the conversation where both people are really helping each other, like get through it, you know? And I think that we can play this way, you know, like I, yeah. this is what, this is what I think is worth chewing on because like, that's like that, that's that, like, that's that being in it. That's that collaborative kind of conversation that can happen verbally or non-verbally. Yeah, right. That's, make, that is helping one another. It's making me think back um, when I went to one of my first uh, youth uh, championships. There was this guy. He was obviously he was the uh, really talented. It was a French guy, but he didn't speak any English. Well, his name was uh, Lajito Kure. Mm -hmm. uh, but afterwards, like we tried to talk but we couldn't because my French is horrible and his English was horrible but it was like you know you're, you're trying to like be friends and you could feel you could feel you could feel that that, that he was like uh, that he was a good guy and that, that you could be friends if only you could like get past this language barrier and then always like afterwards because he, he, he became like a, a, a quite a big star for a couple of years but when you, when you saw him on the track he was always like Mm -hmm. like it was always like trying to connect back which like for, for me like uh like i'm i'm the, the person on the championship that you see but you don't really see because i don't win mm -hmm. uh but it's, it was such a good feeling when you see like somebody like approaching you in a in a in a in a meaningful way even though we didn't say anything but because it was just like just gestures and stuff like that Hey, your run was really good. It was, and then yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's like uh, in in a in a sense, I felt like he was listening to me, even though nobody knew what we were saying. Mm -hmm. And I just had to like when you were talking uh, talking about the gestures, like I had, I I haven't actually thought about it for well, I think like fifteen years or something because that's how long. I think it's, it's it's at least 20 years ago that that happened. And now that you like say that, that's when like, oh, I remember that it was, the feeling was really good, but we said nothing. Uh, and I think uh, like at the good, the good practices and workshop that I had, that was always the case. Because sometimes you go to a workshop and I don't know, I've done workshops in Russia uh, and it's like, it's, it's, it's interesting because not everyone can do English. Some can, but most can't. But you, sometimes you just feel like, 
we're connecting, but we're we're not we're just not talking with words or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting. Well, I think about some of like my, you know, I so many people when we were in Europe, I feel like are are people that will will be lifelong friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And surprisingly, I feel like some of the people who I looked at and I was like, oh, this is like a kindred spirit. Yeah. We shared the, the, the least amount of language with one another verbally. Yeah. Yeah. But it was because we like we played together and we interacted and it was like you could a lot a lot more was said without the words. And like I, I you know, I, I bring it up sometimes and it's like, oh, the words do matter. They, they, they don't not matter. But like, yeah we can care about each other in a way that like we can perpetuate play and conversation and interaction in a lot of different ways. If, yeah. we, if we want to keep the play going you yeah. know? and there's space for us to find bridges and create stories and, and metaphors and gestures that get us through the thing and yeah. space to learn a lot about one another. It's almost like you're meeting their spirit or something. You're just beating the thing behind the speech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is, you know, the, you know, these are the things that, again, not as Instagrammable, but, not at all. but, but, but might matter as much, maybe more in terms of like how we move through the world, depending on what, what people care about, you know, like, you know, what, do you, like, what is it that you want to want to see more of? And it's like, I don't know. These are the things I do believe matter in terms of like how we move through the world. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say that I think is way more important than Instagram. <laughs> like <laughs> I think it's, I, I think it might be the, the thing or one of the things that is like just to be able to meet a person and connect, even if it's just by speech or by playing or whatever, just to, just to have that. I think it's, it's, it's almost everything. Well, I remember I'm, uh, you know, maybe I've said this on here, but again, it's like, I remember talking to someone and they were talking about how they struggle to connect with people who don't do a movement practice. They struggle to like Mm. have interactions and relationships or whatever with people who don't practice in kind of like the devoted way to a, a certain kind of movement practice that they do. Yeah. And I totally understood. And I thought it was also this like great tragedy because to me, Mm. like a movement practice should like benefit all of our ability to communicate. It shouldn't limit us. You know, like if I'm doing a certain kind of practice of any kind and it's limiting my ability to like sit down and chat or interact with an 80 year old. Yeah. Or it's not allowing me to like connect with this type of person or that type of person. I'm like, I don't know, maybe I should be rethinking what I'm doing, you mm. know, because like it should support our abilities to like find where those bridges are. Yeah. I think, I think at the very least th- that like, um, and, and uh, like in, in, uh, cause, cause I also do some, some regular personal training on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always fun, like, okay, you have your strength and you have your mobility training, all fun and great. And then you introduce, like, a little bit of a game, just any game. And then, well, uh, like, uh, I had this, uh, one of my clients, and I, I 
I trained her for some time, but she developed uh, breast cancer and not the not the good kind. Um, and so we started up after the, the 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 therapy, the chemotherapy was done, and we started up, and we just started playing a little bit with the ball, and just a really game like uh, she bounced the ball and she bounced it to me, and I bounced uh, I bounced it a couple of times and bounced it back to her. And she started like a, a really like a radiant smile came up and she was like, this is the first time I smiled this the entire week. And it was just a ball. Like we were just, just because we were like doing something that was not work, didn't feel like work because she was obviously uh, still very tired and stuff. But just because we were playing like we were, like we would when we were five. And then we just, 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 uh, just uh, playing with a ball. And then you saw something happening was like, and then that, that, every time that happens, I'm thinking like, oh, it would be so great if, if we could still play, even though I'm like, uh, even though I'm 41, we could still play in like dogs do. Like, you know, when you're in a field where there's a lot of dogs, the dog, the dog just run up to each other and be like, oh, wanna play? And they're like, okay, I, I also wanna play. And then they just play for some time, and then one just bounces and that, that interaction just keeps happening, even though it doesn't really matter what, what age. They just sometimes, sometimes you know, it's like a, more like a discussion or a brawl. But it just they keep approaching each other, like, "Hey, you're a dog. I'm also a dog. Want to do something dog-like?" And then just see what happens. And like when you do dancing or like salsa or, or, or kizumba or bachata, it's really interesting because then it's also kind of like. Play. You just walk up to a person you don't know, be like, want to play, but you say, let's dance. But then you're like trying to communicate, like, do you understand the way I lead? Do do items and way she follows? So I think in the end, I kind of kind of think that a good movement practice could make you more into a dog and just go out there and try to have like a, a playful uh, interaction with someone who's not there for playing. Like, <laughs> I have to think about now, uh, I saw this on, uh, I think on Instagram. It was a guy who just ran uh, to a person with two pillows and threw the person to the other one and had a pillow fight, but just a stranger. And it was just like an entire video of him just running here. And everybody I said, immediately got it. Mm -hmm. Like, yes. That would be so great if that was like regular life, because uh -huh. it's fun. Like you saw, like like older people, but you you give him a pillow and he's a pillow, and they just start like gently uh, hitting each other, and it, immediately got, they got the game. Uh -huh. But imagine that didn't happen; he would just be walking very seriously. And, oh, this, this is a nice thing to buy. Like I don't know, I don't know what people would say, but that that's the thing that that makes me really really smile. Like when it's just can you bring the playful stuff out of someone, even though they're, they might, might not be thinking they want to play right now, even though usually people don't mind playing at all. And I think that that would be interesting to, uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting thing to do. Let's just be more be like dogs. Yeah, I think that's how you should start uh, promoting your work. Yeah. Just, that, that, that should be your shirt. Let's be more like dogs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. But yeah, yeah. 
because because we do it as a child like when if you release like 10 ch children on the on the on and on the playing field and nobody knows each other by the end of the 10 minutes some some are going to be playing together and they'll and they'll invent games and the games will change at appropriate times just like the dogs do like they'll they'll invent things that happen and they'll add and remove their little like <laughs> rules that kind of emerge out of like the the thing it, it it doesn't have to be like when i teach my workshop i'm i'm saying like like someone asked me like oh like where do you start because i teach <laughs> yeah. this like play workshop and i just say yeah. i said to somebody i said i start in the middle like i don't start it there's no beginning i just start in the yeah. middle because we've yeah. already been doing it and we already do it i'm just reminding everybody of like what's already there yeah you know, like, you know, it's, it's not like, in the middle. it's not like everybody, you know, everybody didn't, doesn't know how to do a cartwheel, you know what I mean? And didn't yeah. start like, you don't need, you can't necessarily, maybe you don't start in the middle of a cartwheel, but like, I don't know, <laughs> like we, we've been playing and we play and we, it's just, there's just some dust on top. Like yeah. you can start right in the middle of it and just blow the dust off. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's fun. We usually, when somebody says like, where do I start? We usually say yes. Mm-hmm. And so like, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Beginning word, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, everything is yes. Just start. Mm -hmm. It will work its same way out. And then it's like, because like, I think it's also because playing might be a bit like, like you said, like, there's a skill. And I think on the skill, playfulness, just it, it just it's very slowly, it just dissipates and disappears like into the thin air a little bit as we grow older. Mm -hmm. But also, we just forget that that we can play. Mm -hmm. We just play. Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a actually a, a question we have a lot uh, during our like workshops. Like, uh, so how do you how do you do, do X? Like, just just try it out. There's no there's no wrong. Like, there's no you get questions about that they like uh, can you do this? I don't know. Just try it out. See if it works. Mm -hmm. and then like oh but this is breaking the rules and then yes now we're getting to the pace where, where, where we're chilling because now when we're playing together something new can be done which could be an option or it could be like oh no that's not fair let's not do that one right you have, to be like, you have to be like I'm giving you permission to disobey yeah but you have to disobey selflessly yes like it's a selfless disobedience, not a selfish disobedience. Because yeah. there's again, there's like there's like a fine line there. And that only happens when both are playing the same. They have to, yeah. But it's a it's a it both are just playing a game because if both are if one of them is not playing that 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 mutual game, because mm -hmm. even if it's a competitive game, it's still cooperative because there's rules mm -hmm. uh, to the to 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 a game, written or unwritten. So if one of them is not playing a game, it doesn't really work out as well. But if both are playing the game, that actually really works really mm -hmm. well. Because I selflessly be like, ah, oh, this will be made, this will be more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the t-shirt now. Let's be more like dogs and kids. Yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. Yeah, that's, that's, like and that's the name. And that's the name of the new workshop too. Yeah. Dogs yeah. and kids. Uh, yeah. I don't know, like in, the, in this uh, environment, dogs and kids might not be the proper name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what do you mean, kids? 
Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 figure out the right language. That'll be our next call. Um, but before I let you go, can you talk a little bit about like what you're doing, classes wise, workshop wise? Um, mm. You know what it looks like, what it feels like. Also, like you know when it's happening and how to contact you. Yeah. So uh, right now uh, we're we're taking our first uh, little step to to get more geared towards uh, um, international. It's, it's, I'm working together always with uh, Aaron Maaswinkel. He's my, uh, my business partner. And um, like we're always trying to, well, I think the, the, the big thing now is we're trying to define movement and to see how we can make an attempt to make a, a, a model or a method that that automatically gears you to more playful and uh, and a more uh, and a more broad movement practice. So how do you know what what is it that you're missing? How do you know uh, that you're not doing too much of one thing? How do you know that you're forgetting about the playful side? But we also want to, uh, like you like you said, like uh, we want to have the the, the practice. So we want to find out how people can move with more grace and joy and competence for as long as they live. But we also want to marry that with the practical side and with the evidence-based side. So uh, the more science and Eric Maswinko has a PhD in the, the science of, uh, of movement. So we also, I'm really like, we're also really interested in how does strength training actually work? Like on a, and, and, how, and, and how can we use that knowledge to actually get better information when we try to do strength training and we do the same thing with mobility and we've done the same thing with uh, uh, resilience. So we try to take, this is the, the three that we started out with, like strength, uh, mobility and resilience. And we try to see like, how can we build uh, a method that automatically uh, makes you move with more grace and joy and competence uh, as an individual. So it shouldn't be, a one size fits all, like uh, like this is a program, this is the way you do it. But it should be a thing that makes you know. Uh, we use the physical pension plan, so because we we have like a, a an entire um, what's the English word? Uh, we we uh, a questionnaire that gears you towards finding out what it is that you actually want to do in life. Uh, on the whole, like when you're 80, do you want to still be able to play with your uh, grandchildren? Uh, maybe, maybe you want to be mountain biking, hiking up mountains. And whatever you're doing now, does that fit with what you want to do later? So we, we want to make like a sort of a, like a physical pension plan to ask uh, the, 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 the proper question so you get a directive of what you want. And then you have like a, a scientific part where you know like, okay, this is how it works. And this is why uh, knowing how it works helps you uh, get like a better answer of what it is you're doing. And then we also have like the practical side. So let's try this stuff out and uh, find a way to see how, when you touch this stuff, how this, uh, how this, how does that work for you? And so you can, again, get like a better practice for yourself. So we're trying to, uh, make this into like an online course. And this year we're gonna try the, the, 
a beta course. So we're going to try to find uh, a group of uh, of people who want to do the course with us while we're making it. Uh, while we're making it, and they try it and they give us feedback, so we can like, get like feedback loop going. And we're going to do this for uh, about ten months, just so. Uh, it's going to be eight months of work, but uh, there's going to be like uh, two months of break in between where we're going to work with a better group. Um, the the company is called uh, Movement Based Athletics. Uh, and we chose that because when you make it shorter, it's MBA, mm -hmm. which is easy in the mind to, to, to remember. Um, and it's going to be called the BAT Academy. Now, BAT is nice because that is actually broad athletic development. So we're interested in widening an athletic development in, in some way, because that's the question I think we're trying to answer, but also how can we broaden our athletic development while still remain uh, having the ability to walk for an hour without having pain. So it's actually quite closely related to my personal background. Um, so we uh, this year is going to be the first year that, that we're going to be trying out uh, the the Bad Academy online with a with a test group, um, and then from 20, 20, uh, 2023 and onwards, we're going to make it into a more official uh, official thing. So that's one part, and the other part is like in this region, uh, in the Netherlands and wherever people will have me, um, we just do. Uh, uh, workshop about questions that we have. So a question that we're uh, that I'm uh, currently fixing. I, I I made up the name uh, Grappling Monkey Nimble Tree, uh, and it's about wrestling and dancing, but with other people. And I'm gonna try it in the in the workshop in the practice. I'm gonna try to stay in in the middle of those two, and see where they meet and where they differ and actually to get like body to body coordination on such a fluid level as we are talking right now because we're talking because we're reacting to each other but that can also happen as two bodies meet and the the, the research is going to be about how can we use moving with dancing and moving against and merge them together and see if there's a fine line in between and if we can make like uh, what what is there to be taught from that 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 practice uh, of 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 moving together in such a way, and usually we just have like similar like workshops where we just research questions, uh, and that's that's basically what we're doing right now, and that's in the region of Amsterdam. It's called Move Lab. There's like a, a community of 110. Uh, uh, movers and then we get together and do stuff. So those are the two things. So online, uh, we do the, the bad academy stuff and uh, regionally we do the move lab. And sometimes I'm in Switzerland and do it there. Sometimes I'm in Germany and do it there. So nice. And if people want to connect with you, is it, you know, is it best to email? Do you have a website or Instagram? Um, if you're interested in the, in the, in the education, uh, it's best to just type in movement-based athletics. There can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 
yeah, if you're like, uh, if you're ever in Amsterdam and you feel like uh, there's, uh, you want to hang out with some uh, some cool movement people, we have a group. Uh, it's called Move Lab. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's uh, it doesn't have a website because it it, it grew organically out of uh, meeting people, and it's just actually it's just a WhatsApp group with on steroids somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we made it into a, a, a Facebook page. So if you if you look for Move Lab uh, on Facebook, you'll find it over there. Um, if you know any movers in the region of Amsterdam, they probably know where to uh, where to go. Uh, yeah. So either do that, Move Lab, or just type in my name, uh, and you'll the, the chances are very big that you'll get to the right place. Because there's also only one. <laughs> man this has been amazing cool I, I enjoyed it a lot uh, like uh, you, you gave me a, a, some stuff to think about like the the, the, the baton I, I'm going to think about it in relationship to Wolfram Bell it's like oh, this is going to be interesting that's the whole use- thing I think it's the whole thing I think I think it is in terms of what I present movement wise yeah. that is what it's all about. And I think it's a, it's such a beautiful, it's a beautiful story. It can be like the, the analogy for it all. I think to me, it's magical. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to end up telling your story. Good. Don't worry. I'll give you credit. I won't be like, it was me. But, but, my but, baton but, no, 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 you don't need to give credit. I'm going to be the only like, thing I want. Uh-huh. The only thing I want is that you come to Amsterdam sometime when we hang out. That's all I, 